0: Welcome to the Rural Voice, the National Rural Education Association Rural Podcast. It's always a pleasure to be with you. We have a great episode today, and like always, we have two co-hosts. We have a producer slash co-host from the University of the South, Sue on the Mountain, Chris Silver, Doctor Chris Silver, and in another mountain, we have the wonderful Doctor Jared Bigum from the other side of the mountain, and he's with us today as well. So, before we start, before we start doing some dialogue here, let's start with our sponsor. Our sponsor is my Microcredential my credential software is micro-credentialing for your teachers. It is professional development. It is credential training. It is how to be a better teacher. And I'm proud to announce the University of Tennessee Chattanooga School of Ed has just signed on, and we're rolling out my credentials on Friday of this week, and we're excited. And Dr. Bigham will be with us. And Dr. Bigham, before you start talking, I'm going to entice you about your visit. We're having Tex-Mex bar, so I know you're excited about that. Boom. I love it. You got margaritas also? Well, we're a publicly funded institution, so we probably get fired. So, no, we're not. (laughs) Well, Uh, I'll show up anyway. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Silver, how are you, sir?
1: Doing great. I'm at Swanee. I'm in a new office. I'm living the dream. So,
0: (laughs) Swanee. Yeah. Was it yay? Swanee's right. Is that correct?
1: I don't know. <laughs> still, we got still it. All the customs
0: here. There you go. All right, here we go. So I'm going to introduce our guests quickly, but I'm just going to tee this up. We are here to talk about a timely, timely issue is fully funding IDEA. And we're going to get into it with two great guests. Number one, we have our rural liaison and our rural NREAC uh, chair, Heather Zellers out of New York. Yes, there are rural areas in New York, and she lives in those areas. So, Heather, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for having
0: me, Alan. You're welcome. And then we have a repeat a repeat offender from the great state of California. We have Jamie Green. Hey,
3: Jamie. Thank you, Alan. Looking forward to this.
0: So let, let's start the conversation here, and we're gonna I'm gonna let Jamie. I'm gonna let ladies go first. Is that okay with you? Yes, sir. Good deal. Heather, when we say fully funding IDEA. Tell us what we mean.
2: So fully funding IDA, so the education or Individual Disabilities Education Act, um, when it was approved, uh, Congress said we were going to fund it at 40%. So they've never actually gotten to that 40%. So to give you an idea of what that would look in terms of real dollars, um, that would be about $55.5 billion to fully fund that uh this year, um, based on based on those numbers. Um so I guess that's where we're starting at is that conversation. Can can we effectively, or can we even fund that amount of money at
0: 40%? And that's an amazing amount of money. Um, Jamie, anything to add when we talk about what does that mean to you as a superintendent in California?
3: Um, Absolutely. <laughs> The, those monies coming from our friends of the federal government will allow us to do the early interventions that we need to do to our young students. We have went from 1976 to having 3.7 students identified with disabilities to in 2023, we are now nearing 8 million students in this country that have disabilities that we definitely need to reach out and give them what they need.
2: And to put that in a little bit more context, I mean, you know, he mentioned talking about his early childhood interventions. I mean, I think right now that number stands at point, probably 7.5 million for the school year 2020 to 2021. Um, so that, that's and that's just only a part of IDEA. That doesn't even get into some of the other formula and discretionary grants that we deal with.
4: Can you maybe put this in a little bit Uh, different context for those that might not be savvy to IDEA and even educators a lot of educators unless maybe you're in that lane of of dealing with SPED students or SPED classroom what what would fully funding um, IDEA even at the the 40 percent level how does that change the dynamic from what we have right now and does it change it dramatically or a little bit or what 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 might that look like?
3: In a small rural district, it's an absolute game changer. To be able to get to students when they're young and get them occupational therapy, speech therapy, physical therapy, many studies have shown how much more growth you get for those students by getting to them earlier. Right now, we have what money we have. So we do the absolute best we can. Also, a lot of this IDA money goes towards mental health care for a lot of students, which is also... a pretty big thing in small towns to be able to bring in those type of professionals to help them. It would absolutely change the game for the students of Trinity County that we're able to bring in more professionals, get to them earlier, and we will see large gains and that'll make a big difference in the future. So this is probably the most important bill I've ever seen come through in my 35 years of education.
2: So, and I think something else we need to kind of put this into context is, um, you know, these are services that we're mandated to provide, um, our districts love providing these services because we're, you know, our job is to educate every child. Um, but these children come with a particular financial burden when you're talking about all the services you just mentioned, when you're talking occupational therapy, you're talking speech therapy, you're talking um, you know, in some cases, you're talking about sending kids out to the school for the deaf, or maybe some of those other severe disabilities that we see come through our districts. So this is money that we have to support within our budgets. And, you know, the amount of federal investment state by state varies. And then the states are then required within those state budgets to, to, to fund the rest of that. So when it comes down to that kind of that local control piece, which, you know, is paramount, I think, in education, that the fact that we have uh, school boards that, that have that local control. If we were to fully fund IDEA, that 40%, that's going to kind of level the playing field. It's going to allow states to take that those investments where we're having to cover those those children and put those back into kind of our, our general education. So not only are we going to do a better job of educating our most needy students, um, but it's gonna it's gonna to rise to that level of funding for everybody. So you know, we're gonna i you know, uh, speaking, we may see theoretically, we may see, you know, greater investment and innovation in some of our schools. It's going to allow those funds to be freed up to do, you know, more teacher professional, development. Uh, you know, for districts to add back in maybe some of the, the arts and humanity classes that have had to go to the wayside because we're mandated to provide these programs.
0: And, and Haley, you brought up a good point. I, I think that's a great, Jamie, as well, but to do things that we normally can't do because we have the added benefit of funds, but also have the added benefit to change lives. And and I was reading up on this and there was a quote that talking about people helping the less fortunate, a lot of times underserved in our communities. And, And the quote came up of we're raising children above their natural station in life. So these funds would be a direct impact on that as we know. So it, If someone was going to come off the street, Jamie and Heather both take this one and just simply ask you, I need the one reason I should call my senator or representative to say vote yes on this. Heather, tell us that one reason.
2: I think because providing our children with equal access to a quality education ensures that we all have a fair shot of success. I mean, I think that's what it comes down to.
0: That's a good answer. Good answer. Jamie, you top on that one? It's a good one.
3: Well, Heather made a great point when she talked about this act is for all children everywhere in this country, because it will free up some money to be able to do programs for all children. So this not only helps students with disabilities, it helps every student in this country. It's a very, very important act. It helps everyone.
0: Yeah. And and also, Jamie, you brought this up pre-recording. This is not just a rule issue. You want know, to kind of expound you know, on that a little bit as well?
3: Well, this is rural and urban, and this is a great platform for us to reach out to our friends in the urban areas from those of us in rural. This is for all students across this great country. When Senator Van Hollen and Representative Jared Huffman, they put this bill up and they're counting on us educators to back them on it. And I have yet to talk to one educator, urban or rural, that doesn't absolutely want this to pass. And as for the funding, the billions of dollars. I think we need to make a choice in this country to put our children first, education first. You can do so much with the budget like in a school. This needs to happen. This absolutely needs to happen. You won't meet an educator that will tell you it's not important. And like Heather's point earlier is so beautifully stated that it benefits every single child in this country, and education is our future. So that's just the feelings of this. This is, this is the biggest act that's happened in my career. And I think if we all push hard to our friends at the federal government to find in their hearts to vote yes on this, we can just get it through right now.
4: Amen. And and what kind of sense of urgency do educators and just other citizens need to feel as far as contacting their uh, congressional delegation? Like what what is the soonest as in as soon as they hear this? podcast and then what is the latest that it would have any kind of effect
3: um alan i've asked every friend of mine that's a superintendent urban or rural to write their congressmen their senators uh we all need to reach out the the people that are supporting us in washington need to hear from us so this is a time for people to write that letter to ask for the vote on this and if we all come together they are representing us they'll see that it's a big Um, positive for children in this country, which we need after the COVID loss and all that. We need a big education bill to reinvigorate the millions of educators we have across this country that are doing their jobs and working hard. It'll just give a breath of fresh air to all of us. So we definitely need this to go through, Alan. Good. You know, and I think so, you know, to
2: Senator Von Wallis, you know, he's been a champion of this bill for 18 years, um, multiple organizations have taken on fully funding IDEA. Um, you know, the NSBA had a huge push about five years ago and made it kind of their primary target. So this has been on everybody's radar, and we can all agree on it. I mean, hell, we even have bipartisan support in New York. I mean, I've got New York Republicans signing onto this bill, and that's usually unheard of. Um, that's amazing. You know, that's I know amazing. it's amazing. It truly is amazing, and it's it speaks to the fact that people realize we need to do this. The price tag is going to be a huge lift, and to leave this money, you know, kind of getting, you know, into a little bit of the nerdery of the, the bill, um, You know, when you you think about leaving all the money that we're talking about here and, you know, $55 billion to fund this, when this year alone, the House Republicans' appropriations has set us at $51 billion for the entire education budget, minus IDEA. So to get this bill passed and to get it into law with a 10 year phase in. So we're talking 10 years to get to that point with small incremental steps. It it puts it into law and it's something that Congress will have to fulfill regardless. Regardless of what happens through the budgeting process, regardless of who controls the house, who controls the Senate, who controls the executive branch. This is what we need to do to do what's best for kids. And I think that's where we need to keep the focus. Um, And this is one of those things, like you said, this is an issue that everyone can agree on. um, But we just cannot seem to put the money behind it. And I think this is one of those places where if if you, you truly are, you know, you've set your priorities by where you put your money. Um, And I I think, like I said, we've already, like, have the support, you know, everyone says, yes, we support, you know, fully funding this. Um, But until we actually do it, you know, we haven't made it a priority. And, And as Jamie said and Alan said, and I think we all know that making this investment just raises the playing field for everybody because it allows those other funds where we've had to, to put money into all these different parts of, you know, IDEA and, and all the different mandates that we have. It allows us to redistribute that funds, you know, to higher education, to, you know, uh, science research, to, to a, a ton of different other things within not only, you know, that K-12 spectrum, but that entire, entire spectrum from birth all the way up through graduate school. So, you know, for me, it's a win win. Um, but I think that's why in particular this act is so important, because, like I said, it's been 18 years since this was kind of first introduced and that number just keeps growing. So to finally make that commitment, I mean, it's just it's huge.
0: So, so let me ask you both this and because you got people that are going to listen to this. Most people are going to be in education, so they're going to have a sympathetic ear. What are the chances? And I'm not asking you to make a prediction like, yes, it will or no, it won't. But how do you feel about the chances of this moving
3: forward? I can speak to that, Alan. In 1975, the 94th Congress and President Gerald Ford put this act forward. It's been 48 years. And in that 48 years, we've made progress. But it's time. This is renewal of something that began 48 years ago. I think it has a very, very strong chance to pass What legislator is going to be able to look themselves in the mirror and say, I voted down monies to help students with disabilities? I think that's going to be a very hard, you know, there's no political stance here. This is bicameral. This is bipartisan. We need to help students with disabilities. I think it has a very good chance. I just think people like yourself and what you're doing, we need to get the word out to people now, soon. We know the federal government puts 2.9% of their entire budget towards education. We are not asking for that much to fully fund IDA. That number needs to be five or six percent. And at that point, Heather's schools in New York, my schools in California, your schools in Tennessee will be properly funded and will educate all children, we'll have mental health, we'll have the whole package. So I absolutely think this has a great chance to pass. We don't need to get caught up in the numbers. In my own budget as a superintendent, I have to prioritize. We need to ask our friends in the federal government to please prioritize our children. They're our future. I can't say that enough. We have to put money in education right now, and we have to be strategic with it. We need to help these kids at a very, very young age. And Right now, the funding, we do what we can in the IEPs, but we can't do everything we want to do across the nation. And We have way more special needs kids now than we did back when it started. The numbers have doubled. So I think it's got a great chance, Alan. I'm a positive person. I absolutely believe conversations between people, we can make this happen. Who is going to vote no to help a student with a disability? I think that's really hard. And they have to think that they're representing the American people. And if this was a ballot measure, I bet you'd pass at 80%. Yeah.
0: Heather, what what do you think chances are?
2: I try to be a positive person as well. I mean, Jamie's kind of got me beaten that that uh, department. Uh, but I do think our chances are better than they've ever been. Coming out of the pandemic, I think we've realized the increasing need for all our students, the fact that um, we were doing a better job of identifying students. Um, you know, I think that we're co to hopefully get this through. Um, like I said, I, I don't think it'll come through. I think it needs to be this act. I think, you know. I think Representative Huffman, um, you know, and von Holland, I, I think this is the right move. I think it needs to be within this act because I, I don't think that it would pass through Congress otherwise.
3: And Alan, I was very blessed to be able to meet with uh, Representative Huffman. He is so passionate about this. I believe when he goes to the when he goes to Congress and he speaks, he's gonna get across to people in the Republican and Democratic Party. I am so proud of him for how hard he is working towards this. He's working nonstop. His aides are on it. He is going to come visit our school tomorrow. We are so humbled that he's going to come talk to us about this. He is all in. And uh, I, I just believe with him and Van Holland, and I saw that a Republican um, Thompson from Pennsylvania signed on. That's beautiful. I really think this is going to be bicameral. I think we got a shot. I do.
0: And, and wasn't it, Jamie, that? The suggestion by Huffman was to do have some kind of podcast. We talk about this quickly. Was
3: that not his suggestion? Um, We told him that we were going to do the podcast. They were very excited about it.
0: Good. That is great to hear. That is great to hear. And so, Heather, from our side of it, NREA, NREAC, can folks reach out to you directly? And and if they need help with anything social media-wise or letter writing or anything we could do, Uh, Obviously, we'll. On my end, I know help. I know Heather, you want to add to any of that as well?
2: Yeah, no. So we'll be putting together um, a letter. Of support um, that you can just kind of copy and paste and drop, making it really easy. We'll probably circulate a sign-on letter for our NREA and NREAC membership. Um, and there's other organizations you can reach out to as well. I mean, you know, NREA is part of um, CEF, and I know a lot of those members, same thing. They're putting together their own, their own information. So there'll be multiple ways that you can kind of get involved. Um, but you know, definitely directly through us. We'll have that, that portal to. To make that
0: happen. Hey, good idea here, Jamie. Why don't you get LA Unified to sign on our letters to show that urban-rural partnership?
3: I guarantee they would.
0: And I mean, we have in
3: California as well, Alan. We have SSDA and Tim Taylor. We have uh, Capital Advisors, Kevin Gordon. We have AXA. We have three very large groups that are 100% behind this, and they're willing to reach across to urban, rural, wherever. So California is absolutely on board with this. So just like Heather, we'll work with everybody. I think that's the key is what you're saying is this is very timely. It needs to go through by October. So we just need to, need to go hard and we need to work with all our friends and partners. But like I said, I have not met a person yet that told me this was not a good idea. 2.9% of the federal budget is education. That needs to be discussed. We need to put more money into our kids.
0: And And I'll say this, if you come to our conference in November, shameless plug Chattanooga for our fair conference, we'll celebrate the success of this being passed. Yep. Uh, and we'll we'll toast to uh, the hard work by everyone across from New York State, all the way to California, and all the rural districts, urban districts, and suburban districts across the country. So this will be a good time. Jared, anything you want to add to this? No, I
4: think it's timely, and I you know would maybe um, uh, the quicker we get finished today, the quicker uh, uh, Dr. Silver can get it, Ed, and we can get down out there. <laughs> and, and the key, the key is – Is that your way
2: of cutting us off? <laughs> no,
4: no, well, kind of. But anyway, uh, <laughs> the,
0: the biggest thing is we're going to put contact information on the podcast information. We'll put emails and all that stuff. You always can contact our main office. Um, but we're happy to push this and uh we'll get things moving as rapidly as we pop- possibly can chris i'll incentivize it a little bit if you get this drop quickly we'll boost your pay on from the podcast so that'll make things a whole lot better
1: <laughs> given this voluntary sure
0: <laughs> well, I, I mean hey uh, you could get something from uh the mountain goat market right we'll, we'll buy your dinner there there absolutely <laughs> Uh, anything else? I mean, Heather, go to you for anything you want to close out with this about what that we didn't talk about or we didn't say that we need to push forward, make sure people understand.
2: No, I think if you get pushback from, you know, there are certain states that that might get pushback from their representation, um, you know, because they're going to say like, oh, the federal budget doesn't amount to a, a ton in your your education budget, um, and that's that's true. The federal piece plays a very small part in a lot of you know districts budgets especially when we're talking rural districts um, but that money is made up by the state and the state still has to abide by this law this is a federal law that states have to enforce states have the responsibility for enforcing all this That it backfills that and allows states to do more good for all students and And I think if they they come back at you with, you know, it's not a huge piece, you know, these are one of those, the federal government's there to provide those safety nets for our most vulnerable students. And I think that's kind of where we need to shift that focus if they they try and have that conversation. Well, it's like, oh, it's only 1.7 of your budget, or it's, you know, but there are states where this is quite a large portion of their budget, Um, you know, And so I just, you know, this is this is a national issue. It's not a New York, California issue. Um, I normally get grouped in with, you know, our folks from Illinois as well. And it's not. This is a this is an urban, a rural, a suburban problem. I think Jamie said best when he said that we all agree that this is it's time. Um, So I guess I'll, I'll just leave it there.
0: That's great, I and mean, I appreciate that, and I thank you for doing that for us and doing all your hard work for NREA, NRAC. Jamie, anything you want to add to this?
3: Well, when you invited us to D.C. and we went back with our team from Trinity, and we were with Heather, we were also with Texas, and we were with Maine, and we were with Kentucky, and what I heard echoed from their superintendents were the numbers of special ed students are rising, and they're very concerned about their budgets So we're on the rise right now. So like Heather said, it's time. It's absolute time. When I look at my pay stub, I think I pay $1 to every $3 um, of tax money, $3 going to the federal government and one going to the state of California. We all pay a lot of federal taxes. We just need our friends to realize that 2.9 number for it to be real percent. So we're not talking dollars and we need to invest in our kids right now there's a sense of urgency that has to happen for the children that are in our systems right now, Alan.
0: That's good. Both both great points. And we're going to get this out as quickly as possible. Um, and we'll close out a little bit differently, obviously today, because this is kind of a timely
4: podcast. Uh, Jared, anything else you want to add? No, I just think this is one of those issues that um, you don't have to have students in school you don't have to be an educator for this to be something that impacts our culture our society so don't feel like well i need to be a teacher educator or even have kids in school to write my congressman about this this is something that impacts us globally as a as a country so please reach out and uh, support this bill
0: folks this, this has been a timely episode it's been an impactful episode, and it's going to be impactful. if We can push this across the finish line and uh, reach out to us, reach out to Heather, reach out to Jamie, Jared, or Chris. We'll get you in touch with the right people. Uh, we'll help you locate your folks and how to get in touch with those folks in Washington. And, and I know Heather is going to, this is one of her big mantras on this, talk to your local office first build that relationship, but local office on up to the D.C. office. So push it like crazy, and uh, thanks for your time on this. Call us, or email us, and, and we really appreciate you taking time listening to this, and let's make this happen.
1: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast and website are those of Dr. Alan Pratt, Dr. Jerry Bingham, and Dr. Christopher F. Silver, and do not represent the affiliated universities and or any organization affiliated with the hosts. This podcast and the accompanying material, including our website, represent the opinions of Dr. Alan Pratt, Dr. Jared Bingham, and Dr. Christopher F. Silver, and their guests to the show and website. The content here should not be taken as medical or professional advice and should be used at your own risk. The content here is for informational purposes only and should be understood as such. The Rural Voice podcast or its hosts do not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, or product process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast, and the information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement. Further, the content of this podcast are pro- the property of the National Rural Education Association and are protected under U.S. and international copyright and trademark law no other use including without limitation reproduction retransmission or editing of this podcast may be made without prior written permission by listening to this podcast you agree to the terms and conditions and while we make every effort to ensure that the information that we are sharing is accurate we welcome any comments suggestions or corrections of errors thank you